Coming up next on the Couch Potato Podcast, Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman star in The Replacements. They had other commitments and other careers. So that style of dancing, I would be, is lap dancing a style? Let's play some football! But on the field. Not bad, Falco. They were out to prove. They belonged to each other. Whoa! Unbelievable. Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman. That's going to leave a mark. The Replacements. Look for it on video cassette and DVD. All right, welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. Uh, Lucas, how's it going over there, man? I'm doing all right, Russ. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, I will say that I am glad that you were able to do this. Uh, I tried recording this last night, and between this and then the Die Hard episode, man, like I, I just can't do this by myself. It's really weird talking just to nobody. Well, I'm glad that I'm, you know, at least a, uh, a little piece of good part of this show. I stop. You're more than that. Uh, all the emails I get, it's all about you. Well, that's just how handsome I am. I agree. That's true. Well, all two two of the emails that we got about the show. Well, <laughs> the other one was trying to like basically spam us into paying somebody money to create a logo and promote us, but uh, we won't well, get into that. I, will, I don't blame them. I would too. <laughs> well, this is the winner. Well, I guess the quasi-winner of uh, our uh, – poll that we had up on our facebook page a few weeks ago uh we first we put like what kind of movie you wanted us to do for the january 1st episode uh the football movie barely eked out a uh, new year's day themed movie which i'm glad that we didn't do because i seriously couldn't think of anything that was new year's day themed outside of when harry met sally well i'm glad you could think of any because i I'm just sitting here like I don't know any fucking movie that's based off of New Year's. Well, that's what Google's for. I had to look it up on Google, and Google gave me like all the. It was either that or that movie called New Year's Day, which there was. I would just quit doing the show if it came down to that. That good, huh? I mean, I don't know. I I have no desire to see it. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, then we uh. Once we got the results of that, uh, you chose two movies. I chose two movies, and uh, yours won, technically. So it's not, it's kind of shocking because you are the movie guru, and I am the oh, I can talk bullshit about stuff. Well, I honestly thought that any given Sunday was going to win, just because of it's got Al Pacino and Jamie Fox and uh, Lawrence Taylor. I mean, it's got a pretty awesome cast. It's a really good movie too, and I thought for it is, sure. Huh? I thought for sure that one would win, but it actually got uh, smoked by this one and uh, the replacements. Uh, and that ended up in a tie, so uh, I made the executive call to do this one because I like uh, the replacements a little better. Now, what, what was the other movie? Because you said this and the replacements. We're doing oh, the replacements. Oh, we are doing the replacements. I'll be damned. Uh, it was this and Varsity Blues. Oh, okay. Yeah, Varsity Blues is a good movie, too. It is. Uh, we will do Varsity Blues at some point. I would okay, probably say I'm down for that. I would say probably later in the year, but well, you know what? You know what, Russ? I don't want your life. I don't want your life. <laughs> Damn, we should have done that one just to do the John Moxon impressions for the entire show. <laughs> just talking that voice. Yeah. Oh God, I would have gotten real crappy after a while. Perhaps I would have had to have gotten a like a little pot belly pig to run around here. 
for Billy Bob. <laughs> that guy's dead now, by the way. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. I was just uh, I was researching some of these movies that we were potentially going to do, and I'm like, oh, damn, Billy Bob's dead. Huh. He was old as shit when they made Varsity Blues, too. I think he was in his like late 20s when that oh, movie came I, out. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but I digress. We are doing The Replacements today, which is an awesome movie. Uh, we'll give you the quick tale of the tape before we start kind of digging in here. The Replacements came out on August the 11th, 2000. Uh, it was directed by Harold or Howard Deutsch, which uh, I was looking him up. Uh, he actually has a pretty good uh, IMDb uh, list of movies he's directed. He did a couple of the John Hughes 80s movies. He did Pretty in Pink. And, uh, oh, okay. He did Some Kind of Wonderful, and uh, he also directed Grumpier Old Men. And you know, I actually like that movie. I know that that's not the favorite of of the grumpy movies, but I like that movie. Oh, I like them both. I like them both. I still quote uh, grumpier old men all the time, too. Burgess Meredith kind of steals that movie, though. Um, I, I Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> he was the Jack Lemmon's dad. Oh, okay. He's the one that says he uh, eats bacon for breakfast, eats bacon for lunch, and then he drinks his dinner. <laughs> that's, Which I've, that's used, real... I've used that from time to time. That's a real man. And Howard Deutsch is married to Leah Thompson, who played Lorraine in Back to the Future. So he's oh. doing all right for himself. I'd say so. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score on this is only 41%, which I thought was a little a little strange. Really? Yeah. Critics didn't like it, huh? Critics did not like it. They didn't hate it, but it just wasn't their cup of tea. Uh, audience score, though, 66%. So that's a little bit more in line with how I feel. Um, I it's still a little lower than I thought it would be, but, you know, you well, know everybody I mean, has their opinions. I mean, it's kind of a fairly formulatic football movie. Still great, but it kind of has that misfits. They kind of come, got to come together to win the the big game. Um, this right. one stars uh, Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. John Favreau's in this, too. Uh, Orlando Jones. So... Pretty decent cast. Uh, the box office wasn't that great either. Uh, $50.1 million on a $50 million budget. Yeah. Well, at least it made some money. It did. Uh, it didn't make its money back, though. Uh, a lot of times movies have to double their production cost to break even. So this one was a, a loser, per se, for uh, Warner Brothers. Um, well, since we, we it is a football movie... Uh, we're recording this like the bowl season just ended. Well, the big bowl season last week of the NFL season. So I guess it's kind of appropriate. We're talking about a football movie. Yep. Lucas, uh, in terms of football movies, where would you rank the replacements in your, your top of list? Well, it would definitely be probably in my top five. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I'm a big, remember the Titans fan. Um, that's probably my favorite one just because of the just the theme of it and just just how great it is. Denzel Washington's one of my favorite actors. Um, I like The Blind Side. That's a good one. Um, Rudy, I remember being in high school, and my health teacher, who actually saved my life, funny enough, because um, I, uh, I had a heart problem when I was in my teens, and he 
helped get me to the nurse and was able to calm me down and keep my heart rate from killing me. Um, loved Rudy and played it in health class. I think we watched Rudy more than we fucking did anything with health class. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's uh, my kind of health class. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I really like radio, um, varsity blues, any given Sunday. So yeah, it's, it's up there. Um, um, we are Marshall. It's a good one. Too. I was just actually getting ready to say Marsh. We are Marshall is probably crack. The replacements is probably my top 10, but I don't think it mm-hmm. cracks my top five. I mean, uh, the, uh, re- remember the Titans for sure is number one. I mean, anything with Denzel is going to get a little bit of, uh, higher up the ranks for me. Plus, uh, if you can get me to like almost cry during a movie, that's a pretty powerful movie. Yeah. Um, let's see. Number two would be any given Sunday. Cause that movie is just fucking batshit crazy. And it's got Al Pacino <laughs> and probably like the last decent thing he done. You know, it almost seems like everybody in, in any given Sunday is on cocaine. Except for Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is just kind of very arrogant. And then, uh, I mean, Dennis Quaid wasn't on coke, but you could tell he was probably painkillered up in that movie too. Cause he fucked his back up. Yeah. Um, number three would be Rudy just because like that last sequence where he finally gets in the game though, that's probably one of the best sports moment movie moments of all time. I'm probably going to uh, piss somebody off here, but for the love of God, Notre Dame, stop getting in the playoffs. Nobody cares anymore. You're suck. Nobody wants to see you get murdered every fucking uh, new year's day. Well, Alabama or Clemson, they need somebody to beat up on to get to the finals. So why not Notre Sometimes. Dame? Why not Notre <laughs> Dame? Um, we are Marshall. That's another good one. Um, that was uh, when Matthew McConaughey, before he went on that rom-com run where he was just in like all these romantic comedies. That movie will get you teared up a little bit too. It's kind of crazy to think that a whole entire football team died in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Um. Then, like, number five for me, uh, I don't know why I love this movie so much, but uh, The Program, I fucking love that movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. It's got James Caan in a rare, like, James Caan's pretty bad in that movie. But it has uh, Omar Epps. Like, he did the the sports movie trifecta. He did uh, baseball in Major League Two. He did football in this. And he did uh, love and basketball. I think I remember seeing it one time, maybe. Uh, it's notorious for the uh, scene where uh, the players from this uh, fictitious college, they lay down in the middle of the road when traffic is coming to prove, like, how tough they are. And then, like, a kid, I guess, actually did it and got hit by a car. So they cut the scene out of the movie. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, like, um, even in the, the early 90s, uh, kids were stupid. I was one of those stupid kids. Well, you didn't lay in traffic, did you? Uh, I kind of did, but I also did it in my neighborhood where like maybe five cars will come by a day. Oh, okay. Well, I've... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a real tough guy. And then like, no one comes for like two hours. I think I got hurt worse by like, cause it was a sunny day outside. I think I got burnt by the asphalt more than like any kind of car coming. That was probably the biggest danger point for me. Well, I'm glad that no cars ran you over. Yeah, that would have kind of sucked a little yeah. bit. You know, I was just think 
this is a little off subject real quick, but I was just thinking about this. You know, another movie that I, another football movie I really loved and I used to watch when I was a kid. Was it Little Giants? Is that what it was called? Yeah, Little Giants has Rick Moranis and uh, Ed O'Neill about the little God, kids. I fucking love that movie. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I just remember it had uh, Emmett Smith in it. Am I right? Emmett Smith was in that? Oh, God, I, you're asking the wrong person. I'm terrible at this, but I'm going to look it up for you. Well, I remember that uh, in the promos for that movie, they had like four big NFL stars. I remember it was Emmett Smith, and I remember Steve Edman, who was supposed to be like the the great defensive tackle. He was like a number one draft pick, and he kind of flamed out and never really amounted to much. But I do remember those two guys were in that, and I'm almost positive it had Emmett Smith. Uh, let's see. John Madden, Emmett Smith, Bruce Smith, Tim Brown, and Steve. Steve Edman. Yep. Ed, yep. I only remember Steve Edman because if I memory serves me right, he looks like he would be related to Brock Lesnar. Uh, I don't have a picture of him, but I'll like it'd be like his, it. it'd be like his <laughs> uncle, like all the oh, Lesnar. Okay. It'd be like the Lesnar family is like a very prestigious sports family his uncle played football for the colts his name is steve edmund so <laughs> yeah he does kind of look like brock lesnar yeah, a touch um well did you know lucas that this uh this movie was uh based on a uh an actual it's loosely based on an actual event that happened in the nfl back in 87 uh i actually just read somewhat about it but i don't know the full story of it yeah, in 1987, the NFL Players Association went on strike. And oh, okay. Yeah, what happened was is uh, they brought in replacement players. They called them scabs, which is a very derogatory term for these guys. But uh, the Redskins. Well, that's nice. Yeah, the Redskins actually won uh, all three of their games with these replacement players. And then um, slowly, like, players started crossing the picket line. They ended up coming back. Uh, the play, but um, the Redskins actually went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a, a really good ESPN 30 for 30 documentary about this called uh, Year of the Scab, where they really go into detail about how the Redskins kind of fucked those guys over. Um, yeah, I was I was reading that they, uh, they weren't recognized as any part of that team until... 2018. Uh, I, yeah, I was going to say they finally got their rings their Super Bowl rings that they rightly deserve. Yeah, and like I don't understand why it took so long for that to happen. I mean, Daniel Snyder isn't exactly – I guess uh, he doesn't get a lot of really good PR. And, like, this would have been a really classy move by them to do that. And it took them pretty much till I think it's when this documentary came out, they finally decided to do it. Well, I mean, if you think about it, he refused to change his team's name that was offending people for years. So, Yeah, and he's, uh, uh, he sexually harasses employees too. So uh, Daniel Snyder, executive of the year. Real piece of dog shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, I, I wish that uh, – I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it would be really cool. Like Washington is in the process of changing their name finally. Um, but I think it'd be kind of cool if they became the Washington Sentinels. I think so too. I mean, it probably won't happen. They'll probably have some stupid name 
like the the Washington Rockets or you know the just some kind of shit that doesn't make any sense yeah, to the, the Washington, Washington area. Yeah, the Washington monuments or something like that. Like just be the fucking Sentinels. <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy. It's right there. But but uh, this movie actually came out. Uh, I think uh, in a real interesting point in Keanu Reeves' career. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you really follow much of his uh, his career, but like. Keanu Reeves' career has always, to me, been kind of like a roller coaster. Like, he kind of hits these, like, peaks. Like, he did a couple indie movies. He was in uh, The River's Edge. and But then he kind of became a household name with Bill and Ted. Yeah. And that kind of led to, like, Point Break. And then he hit, like, the top of his game with Speed. He's pretty much one of the biggest stars in the world at that point. And then he kind of came back down. I mean, he had some moderate stuff. Like, he was in Dracula... He was in uh I'm trying to think yeah, the I think the Devil's Advocate was in ninety seven. Uh yep. Yeah, I'm so, looking at his filmography. Okay. Thank you. Because I don't have it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went from speed to that sh- just awful fucking Johnny mnemonic movie. Oh yeah, that movie's awful. I remember I went and seen that thing and that thing was gonna be so awesome because it had Dolph Lundgren in it too. And I that remember horrible. I went and seen that with a friend of mine because the theater here in town used to let you see rated R movies, whether you were 70 or seven. So it's like, yeah, sure. I'll go see Johnny Mnemonic. Um, but yeah. Like I know he had like Dracula and then he had uh, the devil's advocate and he was kind of, wasn't quite at a, a, like a valley in his career, but then like he ends up doing the matrix in 99 uh-huh. and Outside of the Matrix, and then probably Reloaded, that wasn't too bad of a sequel. But he done some fucking shit up until uh, John Wick, and Wick was what two thousand fourteen. Uh, yes. Okay, but he had some real turds. I remember I seen a movie with him called The Watcher, that him and James Spader, and like I typically don't pay money. Like, once I pay money to see a movie in a movie theater, I'm locked in. Because it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? I paid money. I might as well sit here and watch it no matter how bad it is. But I've only ever walked out of one movie, and I was so close to walking out of that one, too. Man, I tell you what. I was, the only movie that I've really been that close to walking out of was, uh, God, what was that movie we went and seen? Oh, was it Sin City 2? Yeah. God, that movie sucks. I walked out of Batman and Robin. Oh, well, that's understandable. Yeah, I was so pissed off that movie. I just walked out. Um, but, yeah, like, he was even getting to the p- point where he was, uh, like, there was a couple movies where he was starting to become, like, uh, the direct-to-DVD, or, well, I guess when DVDs were a thing, like the the straight-to-video guy. And then, of course, he hits it big with John Wick again. Well, that movie's fucking amazing, so he should. Right. But, uh, I mean, this one, like, is a little, I think, a little underrated. I mean, it's not the greatest football movie, but I think it's kind of fun. I mean, it's just a fun hour and 45 minutes to spend. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I really enjoy this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's plus it's got a really great cast, too. I mean, besides uh, Keanu, I mean, Gene Hackman is pretty much great in everything. I don't think, even if he's been in a bad movie, like, Gene Hackman's always good. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't. I don't know Gene Hackman's filmography that well. 
Uh, um, Unforgiven, The French Connection, The Conversation. Oh, okay. Well, those are some Hoosiers. good movies. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just look him up, man. Like he's like he's one of those guys that doesn't have a like he's even if the movie's bad, he's good. Uh, plus, we get some uh, early John Favreau in this too. Everybody's favorite nerd. Yeah, like uh, he had done uh, Swingers, which like kind of put him and Vince Vaughn on the map. But uh, this was kind of early on in his career. I think Swingers was ninety ninety seven, ninety six, ninety seven, um, somewhere in that neighborhood. But yeah, he was coming off swingers, and now he's pretty much one of the most uh, powerful people in Hollywood now. Yeah, well, I mean, the Mandalorian will do that for you. I mean, he's—I'm pretty sure he could come up to Disney and be like, "I want a blank check," and they're like, "Here you go." Well, I mean, considering the amount of money he's made for him, he done uh, Iron Man one and two. He directed those, so he pretty much set up the MCU. Uh, he's featured in the MCU. He plays uh, Tony Stark's bodyguard. Although I don't know mm-hmm. if he's going to be really in much of those. Well, he's in the, the last Spider-Man movie, so yeah, I'm sure he'll probably continue on in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, then he did uh, the Lion King and the uh, Jungle Book live-action remakes too. So he's he's made Disney some money. Yeah, plus he made a a movie that people consider like the penultimate uh, holiday movie. Some people do Elf. You know, I may catch some shit for this, but I I am not on the Elf bandwagon. I didn't used to be, but I don't know. I've gotten more into it the older I've gotten. Well, I had never even seen that movie until, gosh, like maybe three years ago. My wife introduced it to me because she couldn't believe I hadn't seen it either. And just, I was like, yeah, it's okay. Just wasn't a big fan, huh? No, like I've tried watching it again and just like, yeah, it's okay. But I don't know, Will Ferrell's – and I love Will Ferrell, but his shtick and ad just kind of wears thin on me after a while. Well, I just like it because he's the uh, the guy that plays his father on there. Him and Will Ferrell were just poking at each other on purpose. Oh, James Con- That's James Kahn. He was uh, in the oh, program. Okay, yeah, he's yeah. the coach in the program. He's also Sonny okay. and the Godfather. Yeah, they were. He was trying to piss him off, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I'll revisit it down the road at some point. I don't know. Maybe I've just watched it in like in a shit mood, like just being in a shit mood or something. But maybe I'll give it a, a whirl down the road. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. Then uh, also, uh, Orlando Jones, who was kind of a kind of a rising star back in the the nineties. And you also may recognize, uh, the, the guy that plays the tight end, the deaf tight end in that movie is uh David Denman. He was, uh, Roy in the office. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh? I never yeah. even thought about that. Yeah. He's the one that lost Pam Beasley. <laughs> Sucks to suck. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you get a bunch of people that, like, you may not know their names, but you've seen them in stuff before, like Faison Love is in that. He's uh, one of the bodyguards that becomes an offensive line, uh, lineman for the team. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, the kicker, uh, Rice Ifens. He's been uh, in, sure. Yeah, he's been in, like, some stuff, too. Um, the uh, offensive and defensive coordinators, like uh, – Galen 
Sartan, he was in the uh, Ernest movies. That's the only thing I can really remember him from off the top of my head, but he's been in a bunch of shit, too. Uh, Art LaFleur has been in a bunch of stuff, too. And then, uh, in my research, I thought this was kind of uh, kind of dark and crazy, but um, the guy that plays Wilkinson, the uh, safety that goes to jail for uh, beating uh, up the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he plays a cop in a show called The Shield, which was one of my all-time favorite shows. But uh, a few years ago, um, I'll bring it up in my uh, my notes here, but he actually is in prison right now. He uh, killed his wife. Oh, that's uh, awful. Yeah, shot her right in the face. In 2016, he was convicted of second-degree murder, sentenced to 40 years. Well, I mean, it kind of sounds like he deserves it. Probably should never shoot your wife in the face. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise shooting anybody in the face. I mean, unless you yeah, you want to go to fair. jail. But yeah. yeah, I just thought that was crazy when I was looking that up. Like, oh shit. Yeah, you should never be your character, sir. Uh, yeah, we get a we get an appearance from John Madden and Pat Summerall, which back uh, during this, those were like uh, when you would flip on. Uh, CBS back in the 80s or Fox once they got the NFC like if those two guys were calling a game you knew it was the big game yeah actually it's hard to watch like certain like uh, Monday night on ESPN it just it's because those guys were so elite and now you listen to other people and you're just like god these guys are just not living up to the standard yeah, now I think the Monday Night team this year wasn't bad. Like I have always felt that Lewis Riddick deserves to be a like deserved to be the color commentator for Monday Night Football. I don't know why they had Booger McFarland in there last year. Greasy's not <laughs> too bad. Um, and then uh, Steve Levy's not bad, but I think they need a better play-by-play guy. But yeah, Lewis Riddick is really good, and I don't understand why he's just now getting that gig. That's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, I guess. Yeah, then um, Brett Cullen, he plays the asshole Eddie Martell. He's been in, like, some stuff, too. Like, he was uh, in uh, The Dark Knight Rises when uh, Anne Hathaway, uh, he was the uh, the city commissioner. They ends up getting shot. They're trying to find him. Oh, yeah, that? yeah, Yep. And uh, the female lead is uh, Brooke Langdon. She was in uh, – I never watched this show, but research. Uh, she was in Melrose Place. Funny enough, I actually used to watch that when I was a kid. Obviously, I had no sort of idea what the hell was going on on that show, but I watched it anyway. Yeah, I had a little bit of a crush on her after this movie came out. I did too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, I mean, it's got a pretty stellar cast. Oh damn! I even uh, Keith David was in this too. He had a he was the head of the players' union, and then. Mm. Uh, have you ever seen uh you've seen Problem Child, right? Yeah. Uh the grandpa and that he's uh in this too. He's the owner of the Sentinels. Yeah, yeah. Jack Warden. This was actually his final movie. He passed away a short time later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember him from those movies. I love those movies. I do too. Uh maybe sometime down the road we'll do a a Problem Child or Dirty Work. That movie is fucking great if you haven't seen that. I'm not sure if I have or not. I can't it, remember. It's got uh, Norm MacDonald in it where he basically can't hold a job. So uh-huh. him and his buddy, Artie Lang, basically start a revenge for hire business. 
Yeah, I know. I, I don't. It doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, a lot of the stuff in that movie has hasn't aged too well, but it's still pretty pretty hilarious. Um, did you do any research for this? Uh, we can uh, dump some fun facts on here. There's not a whole lot to really get into. Like, there isn't any like juicy casting what ifs. Like, this guy was supposed to play Shane Falco. Oh, actually, no, I... you and I were yeah. discussing this briefly uh, over text yesterday. Before uh, we get into the uh, the facts about the movie, if you were a uh, GM of an NFL team, where would you draft Shane Falco? Well, are, now are we talking like? Oh well, we actually were discussing uh, like the best movie quarterbacks. Yeah. In film. That's what we were talking about. It was a busy day for me yesterday, but uh, where would well where would you rank Shane Falco? Uh, yeah, I would probably, if I were a GM, I would probably pick him up as like a backup, especially after seeing what he did, uh, to lead his team, you know, to victory with a whole bunch of guys that are just, you know, replacement players. They were, they really were. Um, but I would probably take the Willie Beeman. Yeah. From, uh, any given Sunday. Yeah, because he's just got that swag and that just, you know, never-say-die attitude. Love that guy. Well, I think his game, too, in today's NFL kind of uh, is more in line with what the NFL does now. I mean, he's obviously a very mobile quarterback. He's got a great arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, his leadership uh, skills are leave a little to be desired. I mean, he ends up getting it together towards the end, but uh, – I don't know for I mean, me. Your quarterback doesn't always have to be the leader. Well, I mean, I I think in some ways they do because like they're kind of the face of the franchise, you know. Yeah. Um, they're the guy. He's the guy. That always uh, the team always looks to, like, and he's always also the one like when the team is good, he takes all the success, and when they're bad, he's the one that gets all the blame. Well, I get. Yeah, I guess that is true. I was. I was saying maybe like a wide receiver or running back could be your star, but yeah, I see. I I'm on board with you now. Yeah. Um. I mean, like I put a a question on on my personal page yesterday. Like, if you were picking or like, who would be like the best movie quarterback? I think I had uh, Willie Beeman and Cap Rooney from Any Given Sunday because that was uh, Dennis Quaid's character. In that I had Shane Falco. Um. Lance and uh, John from Varsity Blues. Uh, hell, who else did I have? I'm sure I'm missing somebody. I don't know. That's a good list, though. I mean, um, the guy from uh, Varsity Blues. Well, that's, um, uh, yeah, John Moxon or Lance Harbor. Yeah, Lance. Guy was a superstar. Well, yeah, he was heading to Florida State, and he blew out his knee. Lost right. his girl and everything. And he was—he just seemed like a good guy, anyway. Well, he's Paul Walker. He should be a good guy. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. That's right. That movie's coming at some point. We've got to do a Fast and Furious episode. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, I also had Paul Crew from The Longest Yard, not the Adam Sandler one, but the Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had Paul Blake from Necessary Roughness, which. It's pretty much the replacements, but it was done a few years before. 
and then uh, Joe Kane from the program, which he was a Heisman Trophy contender going into that movie, and then alcohol kind of derails his uh, college career. I think I would go Beeman or Falco. I mean, yeah. I think uh, Willie Beeman's got the better skill set, but Shane Falco, I think, was a better leader. Well, speaking of, like you said, in today's NFL, Beeman is kind of like a uh, Lamar Jackson type. So Yeah. Yeah, very. that's a very good point. That's pretty much – that would be the Willie Beeman uh, prototype would be Lamar Jackson. And as much as I hate the Ravens, I got to give Lamar Jackson his props. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. Well, um, do you want to go ahead and knock out the facts about this movie besides uh, the ones that we have already went over? Yeah. Um, let's see. Ouch. Well, I think we already said that this was Jack Warden's final movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading here that uh, the reason Shane Falco the meltdown in the 96 sugar bowl in this movie was actually because they didn't play the sugar bowl in 96. Uh, it was played in 1995 and then, and then in 97. Yeah. yeah so they never had a 96 sugar bowl, which makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to seem like you're shitting on a real player. Also, uh, this is the second time, uh, Keanu Reeves has played a quarterback in a movie. Do you know the first movie he played in a quarterback in? I do, in fact, because I'm cheating right now and reading about it. Uh, he was in point. He was in Point Break, a quarterback. Yep, and both were from Ohio State. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess there's some pretty interesting uh, conspiracy theories about Shane Falco and Johnny Utah. I never really dug into it, but I guess I'm going to have to now. I'm kind of curious about that myself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to go ahead and rattle off some facts, maybe I'll give a, a brief synopsis of these uh, this conspiracy theories here. Okay. Uh, Keanu Reeves uh, gained 23 pounds for his role. That's interesting. Because um, Keanu Reeves just doesn't strike me as a very big guy anyway. Um, a lot of the movie was, you know, it, was, it took place in Washington. But they filmed a lot of the uh, stuff in and around Baltimore, including Baltimore Ravens Stadium. Um, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, after the onside kick, Falco tackles Bateman. The QB isn't usually on special teams. I don't think I've ever seen a QB on special teams ever. No, I've never seen that. Because you don't want, you know, the face of your franchise getting hurt. Mm-mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, gosh, trying to find facts about this game is really hard. Well, here's one. Uh, the kick that Nigel Gruff kicks, the 65-yarder, that would have been an NFL record. Oh, yeah, because, uh, oh, shit, it would have been an even bigger record like a a better record to me anyway, because doesn't that happen in Washington as opposed to like Denver where most of the records are set? Mm -hmm. It's thin air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that would have been impressive itself. Also, Nigel Gruff is a cool fucking name. Yeah. I love the fact that like, uh, I I don't know why every time I, uh, 
I watch it. I crack up at the fact that he walks out in the field to kick that field goal and he's got a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> and Madden <laughs> calls it out. Yeah. And then Is Pat he got a Summerall, cigarette in his mouth? Yeah, and pa- Pat Summerall doesn't catch it at first. And then, like, they just sh- uh, zoom in, give him that close-up of him just, like, taking up one puff and then he throws it on the field. <laughs> you know what I find interesting about Art? When he, when he pulls that ball away – like uh, the part where he's going to kick the field goal and he pulls the ball away, Falco does, and mm-hmm. he breaks his arm and goes, broke my arm, saved my ass. Like, what the – how the fuck did breaking your arm save your ass? Are you talking about uh, Nigel Gruff? Yeah. Well, he was supposed to shank that field goal because he owed money to those bookies. Oh, I got you. And then basically Falco puts the game in his hands, so he takes it away from Nigel because Nigel was probably going to make that field goal, but instead – to save Nigel from getting uh, basically his ass kicked, he takes the ball instead. Okay. You know, it's funny. I've seen that movie so many times, and I never really caught on to that. Well, I just watched it yesterday, so. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, that's – Go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's, there's really not very many facts about this movie no, that, you like, know, really stand out. No, I mean, maybe we should have went with Any Given Sunday or something that's like a little bit more uh, – in depth, but you know what though, the people wanted the replacement, so I mean, we got to give it to them, right? Well, yep. And uh, my fun fact for you: this is not any kind of uh, fact that you're going to find on any kind of website. But my uncle loves this movie and watches it before every single football season every year. Really? To get him ready for the football season. Yep. So this is kind of like uh, with me in Major League. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah, like I tried to look it up while we were uh, talking, and I cannot find where I'd seen that Johnny Utah, Shane Falco conspiracy theory where they're like, they're supposed <laughs> to be the same person. You know, I actually, I've seen something about that too, so I do know what you're talking about, but I just don't I know think, the ins and outs of it. I think if I remember reading it right, like he goes into uh, the witness protection program or something like that because he goes undercover, and then he becomes Shane Falco. I, it's something to do with, like, basically Johnny Utah is the younger version of Shane Falco. Gotcha. It doesn't make any fucking sense, but... Yeah, conspiracy theories are fun sometimes. Yeah, 2020, like, it gave people too much free time on their hands, so they're just basically dissecting that stuff now. That's fair. All right, well, I think that's about a wrap. Lucas, you got any final thoughts before we uh, bid everyone adieu? Nope, just watch the movie. Love the movie like we do. Yeah, uh, right now this is available, I believe, on HBO Max. Mm. Well, maybe I have to check it out myself. Yeah, like we said on Die Hard, uh, you know, basically the HBO Max is everywhere now, so really no excuse not to be able to get access to it. So, And you get a lot of good shit, and it's not very expensive. So, Yeah, like I think for the last two episodes we've plugged HBO Max – we should fucking contact them like, hey, you know, maybe we should get some residuals for this. Yeah. Because we have at least gotten you guys like three subscriptions. I, at least we hope so. At least three. I don't, <laughs> we, well, two, because we don't count. But we've gotten them at least two. That's fair. So, I, think we, I think we're owed money. Right. They'll probably just send us like a $5 check. I'm down with that. Here, buy yourself something nice. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, next uh, episode is going to be on January the 15th. We already revealed what we're doing. Uh, we're doing the Karate Kid. I'm very excited about the Karate Kid. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, just in time. Uh, when I announced it, I thought that uh, we were going to be a week after the debut of the new season of Cobra Kai, but they decided to release that a week early. So you guys will have two weeks to get through Cobra Kai and revisit the uh, original Karate Kid for our episode. So I'm looking forward to that, too. We, uh, we're going to have a very special guest. Uh, if you guys follow us on social media, you kind of already know. I posted a picture a few weeks ago, but... Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, though, too, man. Uh, have you started the new season of Cobra Kai yet? I haven't yet. No, I've been, you know, as you know, my my team uh, made it into the playoffs today with a win, so I've been kind of been wrapped up in football. You know, we're big Ohio State fans, so we were watching that, too. So been kind of busy watching that and fighting off COVID still. So Yeah, well, hopefully next week we won't have a Lucas Cydrus, uh health uh, update. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'll just be Lucas. Yeah, we found out last episode that you had COVID. Uh, this week, we found out you had a heart problem. So, <laughs> tune in next Hopefully week not. to see what else he's had. But, all right, gang. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, before we uh, let you go, please f- check us out on Facebook at uh, Couch Potato Podcast. Uh, also, we've got Instagram at the couch potato podcast and if you listen to us on apple podcast please please leave us a review uh that also gives us the feedback lets us know whether we're doing good or whether we need to improve or we're shit whether we just need to stop altogether so either way please leave us a review so uh until next time we'll see you guys later